Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santos, joined, as always, by the Roddy Piper, to my Keith David. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I'm here to do two things. That's talk about Seahawks football and chew bubba gum. And I'm all out, out of, of bubba Seahawks gum. football. Bubba gum. No, you're, no, you're out of Seahawks football, dude. The, the, the season is over, Kevin. Well, I'm out of bubba gum and football. Then Great, now we got a bubba gum. Our center. very own Meg Foster. Okay. That's right. It's Eric Ronenbeck. Eric, how you doing? My eyes are captivating, but you will not find me attractive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. All right. She's such a great character actor. Let's go over some of the, the top Seahawks uh, stories of the week. First, the Seahawks have officially signed uh, Greg Olson, yep. and also he is going to be wearing the number 88. He gave a sizable charitable donation to Will Disley in order to get to acquire... To Will Disley's charity. Um, sure, yes, right. That's It's a slush fund for Will Disley. Let's be honest. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> he donated it to Will Disley's Will Disley's, knees. Will Disley's hack tax haven. Uh, so, Go anyway. Scout Cookie Fund. <gasps> Sorry, I have the hiccups. Will Disley... Uh, good on him for giving the vet his number. Probably, uh, probably a big reason he wears that number is because of guys like Greg Olson. So it probably wasn't a real hard choice for him. He just pulled tap tap spots back for after Olson retires. Right. And, uh, I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see what, uh, what number uncle will comes out in a week four next season, because if they bring him back too early and he gets hurt again, I'm going to go to the VMAC and, uh, get in our, get in a verbal altercation with Josh. Josh what about Stryker? the news that uh, he Will Disley is planning to be back for Week One? I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, they say they think he'll be back Week One, and I think great if he's ready, good. But if he, they rush him, I will lose my mind. I know. Uh, by the way, what he's number do we important. want him to have? I would love to have a tight end with a number in the forties. Yes, that like we already do. Forty two. I know. You want to have two in the forties. That's correct. I think I I like players playing with numbers that are slightly off. I like single digit wide receivers. I want him to wear sixty nine from like, Tyler Ott, and I yeah. want him to have to declare himself eligible in every play. <laughs> <laughs> I also like uh, double digit quarterbacks. I think that's fun. Okay, uh, I I feel like there's an, there's a weird thing going on where wide receivers now all wear like eleven through nineteen and don't wear numbers in the eighties. Like, who's the best wide receiver in the NFL with a number in the eighties? Is it like Tyler Boyd? Yikes. I would have to remember which players have what numbers. Okay, give me a wide receiver. I'll tell you if their numbers in the 80s. And you'll be surprised it's not. Like, uh, like AJ Green. AJ Green? I think is he 18 or AJ something? Green's 18, yeah. Ah. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster is uh, is a low number. It's it's in the... Here, I'll look it up. Juju Smith-Schuster wears... Uh, a, a, that's a picture of Antonio Brown. 19. <laughs> Antonio <laughs> Brown. Oh, no, Antonio he's Brown is in the Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown actually is the right answer to this question, probably. He probably is the best wide receiver who wears a number in the 80s. Unfortunately, he doesn't play in the NFL anymore, and he wouldn't take an XFL contract yet. <laughs> There's always next season. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, ne- by next season, he might be desperate enough. Uh, yeah, the, the whole the weird thing is, is like, it doesn't matter. Like, Devontae Adams is 17. Michael Thomas is 13. Julio Jones is 11. Mike Evans is 13. Odell wears a number in the, t- in the third. He wears 13 as well. Uh, I think Hopkins is a 10. It just doesn't matter. Like, all these guys now, they just wear numbers in the 10 to 19 range. And I've heard it's because they think that eights look chunky. And then the ones look more lean. What, I don't know what that Chunky's means, good. but yeah, that might have been in the '80s because the receivers were so tiny. Then the jerseys were so huge; they needed that. But so. I mean, back then everyone wore numbers in the '80s. Yeah, but no one wants to look like Kelvin Benjamin right now. 
But boom, second kill Benjamin Riffin. Thirty nice. minutes. You got one in before the podcast. Got yeah. one in during the podcast. You got it. You know what? He's going for the ride home, Kevin. He's gonna eat. <laughs> he's gonna eat his way through that through that one. So <laughs> I don't worry. Okay, second big piece of Seahawks news. You ready? NFL. The NFL is suggesting in the new CBA to no longer suspend players for cannabis use. Will this help the Seahawks sign more free agents? Yes. Without a doubt, us. Will Denver, this help Josh like, Gordon stay in the you like NFL? This con- you like this conspiracy theory? Oh, Josh Gordon was doing way more than pot, dude. Yeah, that's what we kind of found out. But maybe we right? can get him back to just pot. Guys, <laughs> that baby step. Bro. I love Josh Gordon, so I don't want to make fun of him. I like I, your campaign I really platform, think he's, Kevin. He's okay. trying to. He's trying his best, you know. But like, man, it would have been great to have him in the playoffs last year. Holy smokes! Okay, uh, yes, I agree. It will help us. Sometimes. Okay, and then. Um, the, uh, so the new CBA, Russ didn't like it either. He gave it a uh, – J.J. Watt, I think, quote post on Twitter said, like, hard no on that proposed CBA. Russell Wilson like, immediately hearted that tweet. Uh, so that that's pretty interesting. Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin opted out of his contract. He's looking for about two years' worth of guarantees uh, from someone, anyone. Do you think the Seahawks will be that team to back up? Uh, now, two years of guarantees. We've talked about this before. Uh, the Seahawks don't like to give out big guarantees into p- much past the first year, maybe the second year. Um, is Everson Griffin a guy you would uh, you would give those extra guarantees to go get, Kevin? Uh, for me, he is. I think he's a guy who has enough left in the tank. The other thing is that his profile as a um, edge player is the profile of a lot of our younger talent as well, which means to me that he can kind of show some moves to guys that are coming up in our system like Rasheem Green and hopefully other players that we picked that didn't do anything. Yeah, that the whole Everson Griffin thing is interesting because he does say he wants this next signing to matter and he's the kind of guy that means that he either wants to come full circle with Pete or finish what he started in Minnesota. I don't think there's really a ton of teams that fit what he wants. Uh, there's some other coaches in the league he's connected to that maybe give him like one or two other landing spots but he really doesn't have a lot of places that would feel right for him to go uh eric do you think that everson griffin will work for you as a as a potential seahawk i like him a lot but he is 32 years old so two years he's still under 35 and i I think his skill set ages pretty well but 32 years old um great pass rusher depends on what that what that second year of guarantees is, or so what the what the full him? money so, is. So what if it? What if we go? What if we go? Um, I don't know. Let's say like we go three three forty with twenty five million in guarantees. Ooh, I was really hoping you'd go more. I don't know. Like we're talking. Uh, I think that's <laughs> millions kind of dollars, but dollars and cents. That's I was the kind of like thing he's going to be looking 20 for. Twenty million guaranteed. Like go with what he's looking for, and then cut that. So maybe eighteen or twenty guaranteed. Yeah, I think he can get. I think he can get the contract I just said for Minnesota. That's we have to at least match what Minnesota. You don't doing. think we can get him on like three thirty six with twenty? Uh, I think that someone. I think he'll get more money than that. It's. I think that the APY will be lower, but the guarantees will be up, which means that you have to push the guaranteed dollar money. And then the Seahawks aren't going to three thirty full guarantee. Nope, they're not doing that. The Seahawks <laughs> won't do that. That that's not a very Seahawk. This look at the see the contracts the Seahawks have given out recently. What about two twenty five? They don't want to do what they did last year, which is pay people to not play on the team anymore. Yeah. They're done with the dead cap. We era. had so much dead cap last season. They're they are much more careful about giving out lengthy guarantees at this point because we got burned pretty hard by them. And if we're being honest, kind of th- were last year if we had one more really good player instead of 
or let's just say if we had Cam Chancellor and Doug Baldwin, if they would have stayed healthy, that team is a Super Bowl team. And I think John Schneider sees that and understands that we can't make the same mistake twice. He says, fool me once, shame on shame. We can't get fooled again. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we can't fool me twice. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's that. Okay. So Everson Griffin, that's a, that's a guy people are buzzing about. Another guy people are buzzing about is Jack Conklin. There's a lot of alarmism I see out in the Seahawks Twitter sphere out in the Seahawks uh, Reddit sphere that the Seahawks have got to get Jack Conklin, that Jack Conklin is a really important player to, to, uh, to kind of pin our, our uh, free agent dreams. dreams on. Eric, how do you feel, how do you feel about the, the Titans, the Titans right tackle coming off a career year, but uh, you know, he's been up and down in his career, deal, dealt with injuries. What, how do you feel about Jack Conklin as a potential big ticket signing for the Seahawks? He's 25 years old. I just had to look that up because I didn't know it for sure. He's but, a, he's a youth. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he was maybe twenty eight. Um, what does this what does this dollar sign look like? Is this twelve million a year? No, no. more. No, way more. Uh, offensive tackles when they hit free agency get a lot of money, and DJ Humphreys, who is who's not good, significantly worse than Jack Conklin, just got fifteen million dollars a year um, from I'm, the Cardinals, which puts Jack Conklin at at least sixteen. Yeah, I'm doubling down. 17. On what I've what I've said before in the last couple of weeks, uh, I like a tackle through the draft and a guard through free agency. Yeah, I'm so Conklin's out for me. Uh, Eric, Kevin, are are you still in at seventeen million, or is that too rich for your blood? Seventeen's too rich for my blood. I think there's a lot of guys who'll be like second wave free agents that are right around thirty years old or whatever that can offer enough value at around like that eight to eleven million mark. When I'm looking at spending that much on Jack Conklin. I'd rather just I can go, go get. I can get the, an old dude. Who's and, the backup for Philly? And, like, and, last, the backup uh, tackle, Vayu, Vitai. Vitai. I'd rather just go get that guy for cheap. And yeah, I think and, you, you could get Vitai and or Cornelius Prod, Lucas. A guy. You could get uh, bring back Fant as Jack a secondary Conklin's option. backup. Dennis Kelly. He's a guy who's been decent on the right and left side. He'd offer a good flexible backup, and you could probably get him for like six. The thing is, is that unless you can convince Conklin to take a deal where. Demar you Dotson, know, it's it's fifteen million a year and only Tell thirty million in guarantees, and I just don't think that's enough money to get him to 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 come to Plus Seattle. Plus, at that age, he's gonna want years. Yeah, he's gonna and want more money. He's not guarantees. He's gonna either want like five years or he'll want like a lot three of, with a lot of guarantees and knowing that he can get another big contract. Right, and knowing that he can he can try to come in when the new CBA comes in and hope right. that it's better for more player friendly. So I yeah I'm not a I'm not a uh, you guys I already talked about this I think Conklin is a little overrated by the general public just in terms of of talent level he's good but but not that good he's like the twentieth best offensive tackle in the league which he's he's like a he's a top five right tackle you have to so he's like gonna, a top fifteen to twenty tackle and you have to pay him like he's the second best tackle because that's the way free agency works in the NFL because mm-hmm. everyone has cap room people act like yes we have a lot of cap room but everyone does and we got to fill up the whole team and and I don't know if you watched Seahawks football last year but this wasn't a roster that I felt like was super deep um, we you missed, spent a ton of money we on found that free out. agents we, to build a team. Uh, we the were Giants. How's that worked? The Jets. The Jets. Yeah. yeah, you don't build a team through free agency anymore in the NFL. You get finishing pieces. If, you get a guy, or you get a few people in late stage free agency that round out a team. But if you're getting your stars through free agency, you probably are doing a very poor job, or 
you've got a QB on a rookie deal and you're writing it out that way. Yeah, you're trying to you're trying to add to a, the rookie. You're trying to be Kansas City this year where you can just start adding dudes because you have Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback on earth or second best maybe depending on how you feel about Russ. But either first or second best quarterback on earth and he's not getting paid a lot for one more year. You know, they got one more year left of that and then they'll have to give him 40 million dollars and they'll still be good. Don't get me wrong cuz look at us. We're still good because we have the second best quarterback in the NFL, but it's, it's harder to build the elite, elite team all around a big contract like that. You have to do it smarter. You can't make big mistakes. You can't put big guarantees into the third year because if you make a mistake on a guy like that, you're hamstringing uh, your team too much. It's, it's, it gets harder and harder to overcome. Final piece of Seahawks news. You ready? Marshawn Lynch, Westworld season three, baby. Did you see the trailer? <laughs> you guys see it? No, oh, that's awesome. I've he heard has, about it, but he I didn't has see a it. significant role in Westworld season three. <laughs> is it going to be a speaking role? That's yes. delightful. And have you, have you seen his, uh, the, no, you gotta, okay. You haven't seen it yet. Um, it's Aaron Paul's in it too. And I, should we <clears> pause, <throat> watch it and then react? No, I just want you guys to like look at, I want to find a picture of his t-shirt. Uh, cause he's wearing a shirt that, um, it's like pretty awesome in the, the trailer. Um, promoting his gear on the Westworld too. <laughs> Please no. tell me he's in a cowboy outfit. But they another thing too is is like Westworld's doing this thing where there's like secret trailers that you can find. Like if you're like really into the show, it's a puzzle you can solve, which I think is a, a really that's a cool viral idea. marketing. Oh, idea. Okay, he's wearing he's carrying a shirt that says "Bored, Amused, Offended, Sad, and Excited." <laughs> uh, it's a okay. yeah. I don't know. It's he's looks he looks cool. I mean, look at him. Look at the picture. Like, he looks like Marshawn. He looks and, like Swerve. And they they said it's a significant part. So whatever that means, I'm into it. I'm super into it. Uh, I, he I was awesome on. Don't get fined. You watch him on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Did you guys see that episode? He was great. He was really. I believe funny. I watched a clip of legitimate it comedic, with you. Legitimate comedic timing. He was funny on the league. Marshawn is. If he wants to act, he has a bright future. Because like that guy is is a he's funny and he has good comedic timing, which is there's really irony in a guy who is never willing to talk in front of the camera and now. But yeah, you know, pay him he, to talk in front of the camera. He'd probably be like this. He'd probably be like, well, I don't have to be me. You know, I could be someone. <laughs> you know? Right? Or, I mean, or, the best interview he ever gave was Charlie Pops. Oh, Charlie. Everyone, everyone talks <laughs> about, I'm just here so I don't get fined. But Charlie Pops is all-time classic. That is an amazing interview. Um, all right. <laughs> so that's our uh, that's a Seahawks news you need to know this week. Uh is there anything I missed? No. Uh, the only thing that might be also interesting with all of our holes in the defensive interior, Snacks Harrison got released. He did. Um, and that's mm. a guy who, depending on the money again, he's an older guy, but he could come in and offer a lot of value as an interior defensive lineman. Uh, and he would not cost us a comp pick. So my big Snacks Harrison thing is that looking at him last year, he he was uh, he's eight, and I just feel like he's going the wrong way. So like you said, Kevin, he needs to be affordable, which, which is, uh, which he's 31. So I don't feel like he should be declining that much. Maybe it's just a systems thing and that's why they cut him. Right. And I think that could very easily be the case. Well in the Detroit system, but you know how I love those guys who are just like a big tub of goo in the middle and like can still move. You also love the nickname. You're a huge snacks fan. That's snacks. Harrison. He, he's a big guy. He's a great run stuffer and he can move for a guy who is 353 pounds in the media guide 
Okay, that that's a that guy's a mover. So I'd be into it as long as it's a team friendly deal. And plus, Quandre is going to be out there recruiting. That guy is already out there on Twitter trying to recruit uh, Darius Slay. Uh, any Darius Slay and like he's out. He's out there. He's in. Please, yeah. please, please. I like Quandre. Quandre is a great he's, personality. To he's have around. funny on Twitter. He's a good too. Twitter follow. Yeah, he's really funny. Like the the guy is a. Well, he, you know, he's he's our boy now, and I'm really happy to have it. And like I said, safety next year could be like a loaded position, and it's one of the ones where if everyone's healthy and then the young guys can make a little bit of a jump, you know, we need Blair to play better. But if that happens, that could be an elite elite group. Uh, we need everyone to stay healthy, though. Keep keep your right, keep your uh, mentals right. Keep keep your <laughs> keep your bodies right. Keep your chicken chickens. Right. Uh, the last thing is, are we gonna go to the dragon's horde? The dragon's horde. The, okay. That that well is dried up. The dragon has hoarded I, all his treasure. He has been bolted up in the mountain. I've got three notes. I like the XFL. <laughs> it's Wait, fun to watch. I've got three like quick notes and then I'm out. Good. Good. All right. Number one, uh, Silver's is really bad. Oh my god, that's my biggest takeaway. I was going uh, to say that. Number two, Landry Jones is also really bad. And number three, I like Marcel Frazier coming out of college at Missouri. I feel vindicated. I would like to see Marcel Frazier, the defensive end, okay. get a oh. camp invite from Seattle. That's another thing is the guys on the get it from the somewhere. guy the defensive guys who are playing well are really good. Uh, and that's because they're just guys who needed a shot, right? And then there's some offensive guys who are playing well, but it's hard to notice because the quarterback play is abhorrent throughout yeah. the league. And it's the it's like the elephant in the room. And I said it after week one, and I'm saying it after week two, and now week three. It's still better than the AAFL's quarterback it's play. It's just not. Low bar, though. You have to have decent quarterback play or this football is hard to watch. And there has to be better quarterbacks somewhere that they can reach from. I mean... The other position play and the offensive players aren't going to look as good on this tape because because they're, now did you guys know that there's one draft eligible player in the XFL? Who is that? It's like one of the best players in the league. Um, let me let me Google it though. Uh, also, uh, by the way, Johnny Manziel reached out to them and said, "Tweet at me." I didn't write down the name. Yeah, Gross. tweet at me. That's like back up the money truck in Johnny Manziel. But anyway, he's a cornerback and he's and he's really good. And uh, I've been. Uh, following, kind of following on uh, on Twitter, but I watch all like games because like they're just on. I'm just around the house and I yep. put and I put it on, and then I'm like, this is football. I, I watched like it while football. I was folding laundry. So it yeah, there's like the right there'll be session. one player in the NFL draft this year though that is, came through the XFL as opposed to coming through the NFL. Do you think that that's a legitimate path for people to the league, Eric, or do you think that that's this is kind of, well? So the way he got there was he worked after high school because his family needed him to work. And then now he's and then now he's playing in the XFL. I think for people like that, it's it's a Kenny definitely a Robinson, great road. Former West Virginia University safety. There you go, safety. Okay, I knew he was a secondary player. Yeah. So and he's and he's pretty solid. Like he play, he's been playing pretty good football. Well, I think you're looking at the XFL next year will be interesting because it will be a league that people will be looking forward to falling back into. And so you'll have some undrafted free agents, some seventh rounders, fifth rounders who are cut. They'll be like, you know what? I'm going to show my stuff in the XFL or, you know what? I, I, I do need work on my game. I'm going to hone this in the XFL and that's what's going to make the XFL better. Hopefully some quarterbacks take some, take some heart to that. You know, I used to work at a place where you do before and after school childcare. Uh, and the best employee that you could possibly get at that place, uh, one of them was the overqualified like mom who just needs a job while their kids are at school. The other one is the person going to school to become a teacher. That is what the XFL needs in quarterbacks. Yeah, They need the guy who got drafted late or was a UDFA, is fresh out of college, 
fresh arm, ready to go, has some potential, but just needs reps in a pro-style system to really prove himself. And he'll stay there for like one or two seasons and then show that he should be on an NFL roster. Uh, Garrett Gilbert was that for the AFL. Like if that guy hadn't got picked up to be Baker Mayfield's backup, he would be a good quarterback in that system. Warren Moon was that for the, the CFL? CFL? Yeah, CFL, NFL. Yeah, well, I'm sure that, like like I said last week, I think every CFL quarterback is probably as good or better than the quarterback. Like who's the who won the Grey Cup last year? It was Coloros, right? That that guy's. there's no way he wouldn't be an elite XFL court, elite XFL. That's a, that's certainly, <laughs> a sen- that's certainly a sentence I just uttered. Okay. Uh, Kevin, you plan something for us this week. What do you got? That's right. Uh, I have a choose your own adventure for the Seahawks off season. So I went ahead and threw some names and some numbers on here. We're going to run through the off season and we're all going to make some selections. I asked you gentlemen to uh, name some position groups that you think we are in, uh, especially largely a talent. I mash up some of that and some of it's just what's kind of available. So we're going to run through some scenarios and we're going to build an off season. Choose oh. your own adventure style. Oh, no. I like it. <clears throat> Uh, is it what? I hope I don't get the one where John Schneider dies because I love him too much and I don't think I'll be. <laughs> I'll, able I'll to let you flip it. back to the other. Yeah, page. I was going to say if you do, you just flip back, Nathan. <laughs> that's, that's right. Just go back to page fifty-six. <laughs> no, both choices lead to him dying. No, you, you Kevin will tell you if that's the last page. That's what you get for cutting Ed Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> is that what this is called? The the. I was going to say I, I'm just going to read the whole book to find just out go ahead and, which me, way wins while cutting. Let me just Ed go Dixon. ahead and cut Justin Britton Ed Dixon right now. All right. Uh, well, just, actually, let's let's go kidding. ahead and do this. Oh, is that like a Dean your work or? slack <laughs> has uh, has hit you up as the off season heats up? Some decisions need to be made about who stays and who goes. Which of these players are you cutting for cap, if any? Justin Britt would save you eight point five million. KJ Wright would save you seven and a half. DJ Fluker would save you three point seven million, and Ed Dixon would save you three million. I'm, Gentlemen, who are you moving off your roster? I'll just say this: if you cut KJ Wright, get out of those choices. KJ Wright is easily the the best one. As and everyone knows in I don't even choose like, your own adventure books, there's always some really clearly wrong options. So that's just like the worst choice. Um I would pick Ed Dixon. There's no place for him on the roster right now with the acquisition of Greg Olson. If even just Olson and and uh and Hollister is probably too much competition for him to overcome. He's been hurt for a couple of years. It's a hundred, almost a hundred percent to happen, in my opinion. So yeah, I guess I'll just I'll take the layup. That's the <laughs> okay. So you're cutting Dixon? Are you cutting anyone else or just Dixon? Just, um, oh, I can cut for the multiple. cuts. I'll allow multiple. Oh yeah, I was um, say cut all you I'm want. Keep, I'm keeping. Well, I don't know what's available in in the draft. I guess. I would wait till after the draft to cut Brit because just wishy washy. Once okay. you turn that page. You're off. Yeah, I can't. I'm not going to cut Britt then. I, right. the, in, there is interior offensive linemen that I'm very interested in that I think could represent tremendous value in this draft. And if the Seahawks decide to draft their interior lineman, an interior offensive lineman and cut Britt and use the money to improve the team elsewhere, I will, I'm will. i for that decision. But that is uh, apparently I have to make that decision too early for, yep. for my liking. So I guess. So, so Nathan is cutting Dixon, which gives you a starting fund of... Fifty-four point five million. Oh yeah, so sweet. You could put sweet. so you'll write in cut Dixon and then fifty-four. I'm just writing fifty-four point five. I'm just I'm gonna be lazy. Kevin, who'd you cut? Uh, well, Eric. 
Oh, uh, I would. I sometimes I'm like to. I like to kind of rage quit. Your choose your own adventure sometimes. So I really just want to cut KJ and Justin Britt just to be a jerk. But let's just keep it real right now. We're cutting Ed Dixon. Let's keep going. Uh, I'll be cutting Dixon and Britt. What was the other? Ooh. Who was the other person other than KJ I could cut? Uh, Britt DJ, DJ Fluker. Fluker. Fluke. Why would you cut Fluke like that? You're not going to be able to replace that. I was just looking for uh, savings over th- three. Does, like, does I was basically looking for the just four that would save the most. Actually, because because you're are you sixty three and a half? Then Kevin, uh, that's nine million, right? The eight and a half. So it would be uh, sixty three. Sixty three. Okay. All right, and then just as we wrap up those difficult phone conversations. I only had one conversation, Kevin. I'm not. I'm not like you. Oh my gosh, you did. Production oh my goodness! Value. After delivering the hard news, this to is why we need the players. new soundboard. That will sound so much better with the new soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I put together this goddamn game. You guys I love be it. Quiet. I love no it. backseat driving. I'm just trying to get people to donate money to us on Patreon. Okay. <laughs> your phone is ringing off the hook. Three teams are on the line looking for your first round pick. Round one, pick twenty-seven. You have on the line Minnesota. Offering up wide receiver Stefan Diggs and his $14.5 million contract for round one pick 27. You have Washington has finally figured out that Trent Williams is never going to resign. And they are offering up his $14.5 million contract for your round one pick 27. And the Lions looking to unload Darius Slay and his $13.369 million contract for your round one pick 27. Do we pull the trigger on Darius Lay at corner, Trent Williams at tackle, Stephon Diggs at wide receiver, or none of the above? Eric. Well, you know the uh, the path to my heart. I hope this doesn't uh, lead to the door locks behind you and the vampire is going to eat you. But I'm trading my pick for Darius Slay, and that's a chop. All right. So on Eric's, go ahead and put up that he's adding Slay. And that puts him down at... Uh, what? 41 and a half? How much is he? 13? 13.4. So 41. Oh, I need to put the equal sign. Give me a sec. <laughs> Kevin's making me do spreadsheet stuff. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. All right. Nathan. I love this team. Oh, me? Yep. Uh, no one. I Thank, thanks. Ooh. Uh, I love the draft too much. I'm also going with no one. Ah! Uh, <laughs> if I was going to go with anyone here, it would be <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Hey, Nathan. It, the computer said it perfectly. Error. Error. Okay. Thanks, Eric. Your your uh, contribution is appreciated. Thank okay, you. Here we go. You know, Odin's opinion of you is right. I think if the, <laughs> if I picked one, if I picked one, I would have done the same thing Eric did. But uh, I need to diverge my path eventually here. And um, there's plenty of players available in free agency that I don't need to give up a first round pick to get one of them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, and as we talk about that, oh wait a minute, wait a minute, that's our work slack. Um. Sorry, uh, after a little bit of wheeling and dealing with some other teams, you're running out of time before free agency officially begins. Some of the agents of the best talent hitting the market from Seattle are reaching out. Are you going to resign any of them? Defensive end, Jadeveon Clowney, is available for five years, $105 million. Wow, that's uh, very generous of you to make him only $21 million a year, since I guarantee you he will be paid more than that, Kevin. Anyway, continue. Uh, Jaron Reed at one year, 10. And Jermaine Effetti at four years and 40. Or none. 
Eric, if you resign at Fetty right here, we can uh, cancel the podcast. <laughs> we'll be done if, forever. If you, if, 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 I, if I resign at Fetty here, I, some choices are clearly wrong. We're up on the second floor with a steep driveway. I hope I'm going out the, the window here. Uh, I'm, this is where I will diverge and go the Nathan route and say, uh, none of the above. Um, I, I'm going to, okay. How much, how much guaranteed money is in that Connie contract? 42. So it's like the first two years are guaranteed, like a classic Seahawks contract. I think it'd be like two and a half years guaranteed probably. So it'd probably be like a 50 some, 53, um, 51. And you really think Jaren Reed is going to be available, not going to be available for like 216? Like, like, oh my gosh, you're killing me with this. It's uh, 110. 110. He's betting on himself. He thinks he'd be able to come back in. Yeah, but like he's definitely going to do like 1-8 or, okay, whatever. I'll take Jaren Reed. I think Jared Reed is, is better than he played last year and uh, is a nice cog for the Seahawks. Go ahead, Kevin. I would also take Reed at 110. Um, I would love him a lot more at like 217. I think it's going to be like one two sixteen where he can like he can cancel the contract after one year or something like that. Uh, okay. All right. Cl- that clowny deal, by the way, Kevin, that would be that would be a good price to pay as long as the guarantee number number isn't too high. Uh, I'd be into five one hundred five for for Clowney. That's I, a, I think that's, that's a temptation, the line. That's a tempting price. Uh, I have a, a sickening feeling that the actual contract's going to be closer to like twenty four APY. That would be that would be absolutely nuts to be that the, much. The Jags are going to do that. Got to get into the Khalil Mack zone, dude. Yeah, got to get that Maction. Oh, sorry, wrong Maction. Uh, sorry, we put our phone on silent and now it's buzzing. Um, the roster has a lot of holes in it. And I thought that was part of your bit. Russell, that was. That's exactly what that was. I know, I know, right there, right I know, there. I know. It says vibrating phone. I know. I know. Now I'm explaining your joke. It makes it better. <laughs> Wait, is there jokes happening? I know it couldn't tell. You guys are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was for Eric, actually. Okay, go ahead. The roster has a lot of holes in it, but Russell Wilson being on the team means that you're always a Super Bowl contender every year. Could a high-priced free agent be the answer at a position of need? I hope so. Splash free agent options. Wide receiver A.J. Green at three years, 48. Offensive tackle Jack Conklin, four years, 68. Defensive interior Chris Jones, four years for 72. Or cornerback Byron Jones, five years, 80 million. Hmm. So that's... 16 on average for Green, 17 for Conklin, 18 for Jones, and 16 for Byron Jones. 18 for Jones? Sign. 18 for Chris Jones. Sign me up at 18 for Chris Jones. That is a bargain. I will uh, I will jump right on that, Chris Jones. Building from the defensive he, interior. He is an excellent player. Him next to Jaron Reed is a – that is not fun for other teams on, on pass downs. Holy smokes. And uh, if you single team either one of those guys, you're having a bad day. Uh, we just hope one of the defensive end makes a leap or I'm going to pick up some bargain basement guy at the end of this. Um, I'm going to hope that Ziggy Ansa does whatever this year's version of the Ziggy Ansa deal is not dog shit like last year. <laughs> <laughs> what we hope Ziggy would do. All right. Sign Quentin Jefferson and hope he cleans it up. Go, go ahead. Eric. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chris Jones as well. Very, very much into that. I appear to have made the Chris Jones deal too tempting because all three of us are taking Chris Jones. Yeah, I don't think I think he'll get he'll get closer to twenty as well. I tried to go slightly over the over the cap number on this one. Yeah, because you know that that number is going to be too low. It, yeah, it often is. Interior players are not valued quite as well as they should be. Probably Chris Jones is a wrecking ball. That dude's amazing, inside, and his gloves stink. He, he's 100 percent going back to Kansas City, but I would love to see him in a Seahawks yeah. uniform. I'll just yeah. throw that out there. That would be too good to pass up. Okay. 
you know they have uh, the cap to sign him because they don't have to pay their quarterback yet. We did a splash free agent move. We uh, had the chance to re-sign some players and get a few things going. But now it's that time of the year. Where the An world embarrassment falls of riches are available to you, Eric, as. Oh, you can draft. You can draft. Round one, pick 27. Oh, Eric, they're not mm. available to you. No, Because Kuiper, you get traded off. round one, pick 27. Nathan, oh, round oh. one, pick 27. Oh, here are my uh, options. Here we you go. You can assume that all of these players Yet are. Yeter Gross Mottos. Yeter Gross Mottos. Vampire got me. Uh, you can assume that all of these players are stand in names for insert starting quality player at this position. Oh, I can just pick position? So I'm oh, going okay. to give you a player name just to make it easier for everyone out there if you're tracking. Yeah, it's your gross model. Uh, <laughs> so offensive tackle, Josh Jones. Cornerback, Trevon Diggs. Wide receiver, T. Higgins. Defensive end, Curtis Weaver. Defensive interior, Jordan Elliott. Guard, Natani Muti. And safety, Grant Delpit. Uh, you had to not say Yeter Grossmanos. Okay, um, but y- you did give me a like the best cornerback option possible for the Seahawks. So I think put in that position, the Seahawks would have to pick Diggs because that is like that's like drafting the next. Uh, I don't want to hype it up too much, but that's like drafting the next. He's a fit like Richard Sherman was. You know, he's like, a perfect system. He's pick. like the. He's like it's like getting the guy that that should be the the pick. All right, Kevin. So uh, Trevon Diggs, and also for those of you playing along at home, Cameron Danzler would is another guy who's a corner who's going to be late round one. If Diggs wasn't there, Danzler would make a lot of sense for us. I'm taking the tackle option. Okay. Offensive tackle Josh Jones out of the University of Houston. Now, if you would have said, uh, if you would have said Mackay Becton, I might have been tempted, even though he's not even really like he's probably going to slide out of the first round, just because 370 round offensive tackles. That's where I want to live. Uh, I, I like ones that have uh, that have proven <laughs> pass blocking. That's a little that's a little sexier. For have me. you have you ever uh, have you ever seen a 370 pound guy pass block? No one has, but I want to. <laughs> he's in it for the stories, folks. I'm in it for the memes, baby. The mountain who blocks. <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, Eric gets to play along because this time... Oh, no. We're paying 59 and 64. Round right? two, 59 and 64. We're going to make two picks. you got to pick two names off this list. Eric, okay. you have taken care of cornerback. Yes, I and have. defensive tackle. Though, <laughs> a couple more defensive tackles wouldn't be bad. But I'm going to give you the names. we got defensive end Bradley Anae, wide receiver Denzel Mims, cornerback A.J. Terrell, Safety, Geno Stone. Defensive interior, Justin Matabuke. Offensive tackle, Matt Pert. Running back, Zach Moss. And we got the center out of Wisconsin, whose name I'm going to butcher. It's Tyler Biads. You know what? You know what uh, offensive line guy I scouted this week, Kevin, that I liked is the Ohio State interior offensive line guy. Uh, Jones yeah. or Johnson? That guy's Jonas Johnson. That guy's, I think. Pretty, that guy's pretty sweet. That guy's really good. He's a really good pass blocker too. Yeah, I was like, I was impressed. He's um, interesting though because he's gonna be like an early second round guy. Yeah. He's so gonna... if we traded out of the first round, but we picked him up like early in the second round, I'd be really happy with that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're not. Kevin, your running back which... was Zach Moss. You could replace that with J.K. Dobbins. Or... I was expecting a choose your own adventure. Do you want to trade down, Kevin? So I'm gonna I'm gonna say you uh, you didn't channel your full Schneider. Uh, you, I, you didn't go. You didn't go whole hog. I was actually going to wait and do an actual draft choose your adventure again as we get closer to okay, that. Yes, okay. and that's going to involve some trade down like options because then I get to explore the trade pool. Yeah, I got to wait until we have official comp picks though, because that actually can uh, move the formula. All right, I'll go. I'll go first here. All right. Uh, so the got two. two wait, did you pick. say a tight end? Any tight ends? I did not give you a tight end in round two, but if you wanted to put uh, Cole Komet 
He'd be probably the round two tight end. Um, hmm. I did cut Dixon, but I'm I'm gonna take the uh, I'll take this is tough. I'll take the running back because I like Zach Moss and I think okay. if you want to put Dobbins in there, I know how much you love Dobbins. I can I, put JK I can Dobbins. say that even. Uh, okay, so then that's fine. I'll just I just would stand in for like last running back standing because I think there's five running backs in this in this draft that could be legitimate top ten talents. And if one of them's left at this point, I think it's acceptable considering both of our starting running backs are coming off of pretty major injuries. Uh, it could ju- it's just a nice depth move. Uh, maybe we wait till the third round. Uh, the Seahawks seem t- to be pretty good at at identifying late round running back talent. We got a lot out of Turbin. We got a lot out of uh, we got a, we're getting a lot out of Carson. So that maybe I I, uh, I I reach a little bit here, but that's the thing. And I'll take the uh, in t- oh defensive end. Defensive end Bradley Ane out of Utah, I like a guy who is very productive, a little limited, uh, a little limited athletically, but very productive player. Eric, where are you taking? Taking Ane, and I'm taking the center. I'd rather take a uh, <clears throat> a tackle or a more versatile offensive lineman here. But Did I, you take a tackle, Matt Pert, out of UConn. You guys, you, you, you guys, heard, you heard with Pert. <laughs> you wish give your matt pert scouting uh report for eric really quick so, uh, so he knows like what he's getting into so matt pert i'll go ahead and it can be a quick one like where you think he's is he a is he a first year contributor i think matt pert is a first year contributor and here i'll i'll pull up my, my thing for you too kevin just give me one sec matt pert he was a two-star recruit coming out of of college, but is now projected about top ten in the offensive tackle position. And he's six. He's seven. a high cut tackle, long limbs, really good pass protector. Um, now <sighs> sticking you, to this man, UConn, he needs to add a little bit of strength, and he's playing against lower competition at UConn. But he's a guy who held up really well in the Senior Bowl, and uh, looks like he has all the movement skills you want out of a good. Uh, and that tackle. is someone to build on who can contribute. He has technique issues and strength <clears throat> issues that I think you could fix that would make him, like Kevin said, like would make him like a legitimate. Plus, he can play right tackle, so it's not like you're asking him to. To come in and play left tackle. Yeah. And maybe in the future, maybe in like four years. And A and Pert, those are my picks. All right. All right. I respect those picks. Um, I'm going to go with... It was really hard. I'm going to go with Denzel Mims, the wide receiver. He's good. Uh, he's just... He's all projection. And he's a deep ball guy, which having him along with DK and Lockett, that's the threat that we needed in the Green Bay game and didn't have. And then... I think you got to go pass rusher, and I think earlier is better. I'm going to go with Ine as well. I think he's a guy who just his floor is really solid. He's just gonna he's going to be productive in the okay, so NFL. End of the second round wide receivers. Kevin is is Mims your favorite one, or do you is there like a couple guys you like there, or how? how Honestly, do you, how I'm do those playing guys the game kinda... where I wait for people to shake out because there's like I don't know, like close to 20 wide receivers. That makes sense in the first probably two and a half rounds. Yeah, like, and so I want to see who like, shakes out. I would even take a one at the end of the second and end of the third, just because there could be some talent just sitting. Yeah, like Rager, Mims, Jefferson. Uh, yeah, if Rager's sitting there, Pitt, I'm taking Rager ten out of ten times. Pittman, but he can go anywhere from late first to late second. Um, there's uh, Hamler. Uh, Hamler is an interesting case because he's Drops. five foot nine, and he would only play in the slot on our team probably so yep. which would displace tyler lockett from playing as much in the slot but he is um Dude, he's like fast, fast is an understatement i don't know how to describe him with another word though it's he is he is quick he's sudden how kids got that? some quicks 
he's he's a sudden uh, yeah i think wide receivers like uh this this draft we could look back at it at the same way we look back at that like mike evans Deon, De- nuck hopkins draft where it's just every single one of these guys came out of this draft and holy crap they're all so good yeah there's just uh tyler johnson out oh. of minnesota is a guy who can run really good routes kelvin benjamin was in that draft too yeah no kidding god <laughs> he ate his way right through it all right next one next up do are we gonna do like a mid-round pick or are we going back to free agency now oh my goodness oh no we're picking more. Well, because if you're picking draft picks, the first three rounds are where you get guys who contribute right away. Sure. Typically. And Mel Kuyper doesn't understand any of them. So I'm going to give you one more set of Baylor's to pick from. We are picking our final draft pick for this exercise. We have an offensive tackle in Ezra Cleveland, a guard Calvin Throckmorton out of Oregon, wide receiver K.J. Hill from Ohio State, defensive end Lecky Fotu from Utah, cornerback Troy Pride from Notre Dame, uh, edge player Travis Gibson out of Tulsa and safety Terrell Burgess out of Utah. Eric, what position group would you like to go in? Oh, I'm and sorry. This is third round. More info, I'll give you some more info. Yep. It's between the defensive end and the wide receiver since I don't know the so names. KJ Hill is, um, he's kind of a Golden Tate type as far as like body and. Uh, probably early career. He needs some more polish as a receiver, but as like an offensive weapon, he's really strong. He's he is good. KJ Hill is is going to be good, and he's, he's like, going to be productive right away. For me, he's like a like a perfect pick in this spot because he fits. Kind of, I'm going to take him. I'm just going to get it over with. Yep. Uh, if a KJ Hill's there is there at the end of the third round, when we're picking with our compensatories. You got to take him, and like, and he's a dude who could go in the second also. Like, it's he, it's hard to say who's going to yeah, fall out of that. It's project. He has, I think does good enough this week at the combine to to jump himself up but man that guy he would just compliment with the deep ball threat we have the home run threat in in dk we have the 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 technician in tyler and we would just have this guy who can kind of fill in the middle of the field and gets the ball in creative ways and just i don't know be awesome i would love to have have hill so i'm gonna do that he's a good weapon Mm. Uh, you know, slide me in there if you're so if you're so into them. Between that and the defensive end, we already went. I'm sorry, I already chose that before. Plus, I think as far as bargain names go, that's who you're gonna find uh, after the draft is uh, someone on the D line. I thought Kevin was gonna make me pick like Donovan Peoples Jones or something <laughs> as my third round wide <laughs> I receiver. Give, I want actually, I just want people to learn who KJ Hill is if they don't know already. Because man, that's a fun guy to watch which, on tape. Which KJ do you like better? Do you like Hill or do you like Hamler? I like Hill. Like Hill, okay. I, I like Hill's game a lot more. Hamler worries me. Guys who don't catch the ball tend to not get a lot better at catching the ball. I like this. Hamler is dynamite. Hamler's, yeah, Hamler's stick, just a like stick of dynamite. Snot slick lightning. Yeah, all right. Uh, Go I'm going with Troy Pride, the corner out of Notre Dame. I think we need to walk out of this draft with a solid defensive back option and. You didn't take digs, so now you have to. I didn't take digs, so I, I gotta I gotta pay the piper on there's, this one. There's a there's a Lamar Jackson is like a uh, everyone mocks him to the Seahawks because of the like athletic profile out of Nebraska. Have you had, taken the time to scout him yet, Kevin? Yeah, I'm. I was medium. I need to see some more from him. I'm not fully comfortable committing to him. All right, and and then how much do you expect the draft to cost us? Like somewhere in the neighborhood of like five to ten million, right? Isn't it usually like right around? Do they usually earmark like seven or eight? Yeah, so let's let's just take away eight. From everyone, okay. I have a little bit. I have a little chunk of cash left still. Uh, likewise. Um, I don't know what I did there. It's, it's like, no, no. Okay, go ahead. No, just to, don't, don't, don't look at me. Just you do right. your thing. Well, uh, <laughs> as we as Eric we wrap really up the, the NFL most, draft, did I really have the most money now. No. Yeah, he only sent. He only signed. Uh, that should say eighteen instead of eight. Oh wait, 
I'm not sure. <clears throat> he took uh, Jones. I slay in Jones. Jones is 18. Oh, you did take Jones. Did. Mm. Oh, sorry. Uh, they're getting after us on the phone. So we've waited past the draft. We've had patience. And now it's time to strike. Late stage free agency means no compensatory pick elimination and some bargain basement deals. Pick one to two players to round off the roster. We've got wide receiver Brashad Perriman, who would be for one year, five and a half. Offensive tackle DeMar Dotson, one year, eight million. Guard Stephen Wisniewski, one year, three million. Defensive tackle Gerald McCoy, one year, eight million. Edge Vinnie Curry, two years, eight million. Quarterback Ronald Darby, one year, five million on a prove it deal. And safety Carl Joseph, one year, three and a half million. Um, I guess I have to just take the edge players at this point because I don't have enough of them and I need more. So you're taking Vinnie Curry and Gerald McCoy? Gerald McCoy is a defensive interior player Yep. in our system. I mean, yes, he plays defensive end in the 3-4, but that for us, that's that's the three-tech position. So, um, yeah, I I wish I could take McCoy. Uh, I, I mean, I have enough money. Is there any more free agency after this, or is this the end? This is the last thing. Well, then I guess I'm taking McCoy and Curry. Yes, I, I will take them. I will snap them both up, and I will live in regret that I probably should have taken uh, – I probably should have taken Clowney at $21 million, if I'm being honest. Looking backwards at it, it was a mistake if that's the price to not take Clowney. All right, uh, Eric. Taking Vinnie Curry. Okay. And uh, I, I'm not maxing out, but I'm getting pretty close if I pick that guard. But I want the guard. Wisniewski, uh, one year, three yeah, million? Yeah, if, if those are the numbers I'm getting, that puts me That's 11, which gives us a floater of four. I uh, should take care of bonuses. Don't look at how I spelled that. That's definitely That's, not No, right. it works perfect. You know, it's good enough, and we're not going to judge. Yeah, well, the TV didn't uh, didn't understand the spelling either. Kevin's take that. All right, Kevin, you got like $27 million left. You're rich. Yeah, I've got a lot, you can get got all a lot of these. dollars I left. think you can get all of these guys. Yeah, all of these guys. I could get a lot of them. And then trade them for uh, clowning. So, is that, is that kind of your plan, though, to get like a bunch of these dudes at the end? And I think late stage makes a lot of sense for what we're doing. So no country for old men, the team. I'm thinking like uh, <laughs> grabbing whoever the Ronald Darby equivalent is. So that you're not relying on the third round pick. So I get Darby, I would get Curry, and I would get McCoy. And I mean, if you have enough money, yeah, I, I could also there, get Demar Dotson. There is a point to keeping it though. A lot of people are like, "Why would you want to get to close to the end of the free agency?" Because there are going to be guys that get cut that the Seahawks might want. We can always trade a late late round pick for a guy who's kind of finding his way off a roster who's actually talented. Actually, I probably would take Wisniewski for three because that puts another guy on the interior, and since I'm the one who cut uh, Britt, then I would need an extra interior guy. All right. So. All right. There we go. Uh, so we've all done our off seasons. I'll post this on uh, on the uh, Discord. So perfect. That's we'll right. post on the that, Discord, and those of you on the Discord can let us that, know which one you that, like the most. That will be uh, that will be our introduction to the Discord. As I'll uh, post a picture of this. Um, speaking of the Discord, if you want to be a part of the Seahawks Nest Discord, which is starting tomorrow, guys, I'm going to launch it tomorrow. I need one night to kind of work on it. But uh, Facebook Messenger has betrayed me for the last time. <laughs> I am no longer, we are no longer going to use uh, that. We're going also, to Nathan and I, literally, that's the only associate we have, association we have to Facebook anymore. We can purge that from our lives. Yeah, I can. Uh, so, 
first of all, this has been a great month for Patreon for us. We have four new Patreons, which is like a, a huge month. Oh, man. Big us. We had four in January. You guys are really helping us out. Uh, we are working our way towards a new board. Thank you, Treppy. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Lewis. And uh, we'll get that Discord up on the uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest for as little as $1.24 a month. Get in the get in the Discord uh and I'll make like a secret channel for maybe everyone three dollars and over or something like that. Uh, maybe we'll post some show notes stuff. There. Maybe I'll just make a secret channel for everyone and then uh, let some like non Patreons be in like a channel called like Scrubs Only or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or maybe maybe like a channel Moochers for, Anonymous channel for peasants something <laughs> something like that. Uh, but if you have no money, if you're if you're broke like me, if you only can afford channel for peasants, uh, head over to <laughs> head over to head over to iTunes, head over to Stitcher, head over to SoundCloud, give us a review on uh, on that social media medium uh that helps us a lot people the search algorithms are based on reviews so if you give us a review uh it helps us helps people find us which is what we want i don't want to have to go make a million tweets to get everyone's attention that is if you can't tell that's not my personality all right movie club uh we got 10 minutes a perfect amount of time to talk about the movie club that we planned before this podcast. Can you tell them Corpse Because I don't remember what we talked about. Oh. Uh, it is one of our favorites. Wow. Oh, it one was the thing Eric and I love. It's They, they live. live. They Live. The 1988 John Carpenter classic. It, you know, we're just in time for political debates. It seems like the perfect time to talk about this movie. Okay, yeah, I think good. I watched... They, the last time I watched They Live start to finish was closer to 1988 than 2020. <laughs> that so, is that is your loss, Nathan. So uh, I love, but I have watched that fight scene a lot of times. So uh, even recently, so uh, I'm, this I'm ready movie, for this. More than just a sexy fight scene, uh, this is a beat you over the head with it uh, social commentary uh, on yeah. Reagan era politics and economics. Uh, you know, consume, uh, reproduce, obey, obey. Uh, in this movie. Uh, we're going to spoil it First all of over all, the place because there's no such thing as spoilers on 25-plus-year-old movies. Yeah. Uh, this movie's this movie still stands up. I watched this a couple summers ago. <clears throat> the only thing I don't really love is the set pieces. It's all kind of takes place in what feels like a junkyard. Where does where <laughs> does this rank for you in like the John Carpenter movies? Like it's it's in the top tier. Top top two or three for me. For me, it's like. I see that. I need to watch it again, but for me, it's probably like fifth. I think. Like, it's, I gotta look at the list of movies okay, now. So here we go. Let's let's go, let's do. Wait, let's do this later. Let's do this after after we talk a little bit more about they live. All right. So just to do the quick, we'll loop, uh, we'll loop around to that. Yeah, just do the quick plot over. So this is um, Roddy Piper who plays was it jo- John Nada. Uh, he's like a drifter. Right? He's a drifter. Yeah. He drifts into L.A., uh, meets up with uh, Keith David's character. If you don't know who D- Keith David is, um, Google anything with his voice in it, and you Wait. realize you know him from everything. Wait, Raymond, isn't there a scene at the beginning of this movie, though, where like Raymond St. Jocks is like a street preacher, and he's just yelling? That like... is 100% true. <laughs> um, there are multiple scenes where that's happening, and it's excellent. Yeah, Raymond St. Jocks is awesome. Yeah. Like, he's so good. Uh, it's very good. Good use of him in this. So in this movie... Um, he is, you know, picks up some work as a construction worker, ends up staying in kind of a work camp situation, like think like a tent village, tent city. And uh, then there's a group that's infiltrating the airwaves. They're a group of hackers in the 80s sense of the term, which means they have no idea how computers work. <laughs> I was going to say. 
They're hacking the of, TV waves. A bunch of men with metal. So they are trying to get out the message that they're controlling your minds, man. Only, you know, it's a movie, so they actually are. And it's a, this movie's like a pure comedy, by the it, way. Yes. There's no other way to put this. Like that. It, it's completely self-aware. And so uh, as the movie unfolds, uh, Roddy Piper ends up uh, being part of the group that uncovers the conspiracy where aliens have hijacked the upper rungs of society in cahoots with the economic elites in order to um, enslave the uh, lower classes. Siri- okay, and the, the way he finds it, he has these sunglasses that let him yeah. see the, the skull. skull and they are some now, cheap ZZ Top sunglasses. You know, I have a question. Why the hell are the skull aliens still buying, like, magazines and, like, groceries and stuff like that? Like, why are they still living, like, just regular, like, human lives? Why is that? A- well, but they're all, like, upper-rung people. Yeah, they they're, they consume and they're there to set the example. Yeah, like, if you look at them, they're all, like, showing up in their, like, like all those people have, like, their fur coats and they're, like, purse dogs. Yeah. So, uh, it's like, and it, or like they're wearing suits and stuff. This is, this is not thinly veiled at all. Um, it's very, very dense to wade into. Can, very can, can we talk about the fight scene now? Okay. So, uh, been, been patient. Can I, can I talk well, about just the Roddy beginning Piper, of it? Cause I love Roddy it. Roddy Piper is trying to get <laughs> Keith allies. To He's put, trying to keep David to, to put, put on the, the damn sunglasses. Just put on the glasses. Just put on the glasses. <laughs> put on the glasses. <laughs> That's my, that my favorite part is how this starts is. He's just like begging this guy. This is after he guns down like five guys in a bank and he's wanted by the FBI. And Keith Davis is like, I gotta get back to my kids and wife who never get on screen, but they're in Detroit. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like how much he just like, just put on the glasses. Just do it. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. Like so, when, when really like. If you so they a, do what anyone would logically do, Nathan. And what do they do? Have like a 20 minute fight scene. <laughs> it's a uh, great fight scene. Um, it's like so long. It never ends. Uh, best thing about it is apparently they started out like, you know, pulling their punches like a normal fight. And then you can tell at some point they, they got, it turned into a real fight because they're like beating the brakes off each other. It's not like, um, it's not like a movie fight scene where, you know, it's like smash cuts to hide the action stuff. These guys are punching each other as hard as they can, throwing each other into things. It's like, it's some straight wrestling. It's like straight up, like. Two guys trying to beat the brakes off each other and then and make it look good. And I, it looks good. Roddy awesome. Piper said that he went through some wrestling moves with David Keith and how to or Keith David. Sorry, got my actors mixed up uh, on how to do things. But they, he also said that there was a lot of frustration uh, between the two actors and how they wanted to do things. And I think that probably fed into the scene as well. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to say anything else with the fight scene? No, I mean, it's just great. You should go, if you have not ever seen this movie, you don't need to see the movie to have fun watching this But you should scene. definitely see the just, movie. Just go Google They Live fight scene and watch that scene. And, and then, then go watch the movie. And then you'll know it's awesome. Also, if you like Family Guy, I mean, they ripped it off. And then they ripped it off. No, it's, no, it's, it's, more it's South Park. It's South more of an Park. South Park also ripped it South off. South Park also ripped it off. But they both did... Uh, Family Guy did the, the the chicken fight. The chicken fight. That's I'm a sorry. that's a they live one uh, of the homage. one of the thirty or forty chicken fights. Correct. And then, uh, and then they uh, they the did cripple fight. Cripple fight is a straight up they live as homage. in like shot for shot as much as they can with two people that are disabled. Yeah, it's awesome. yeah. Sorry, handicapable. Handicapable. Thank you. Um, and uh, you know what? I'm not going to spoil the end of the movie. You have to see it to find out. Nice. I like that. Uh, because hey, I bet you everyone who's listening to this has watched it but i hope you haven't 
and you get to enjoy something new because of us. That's and you my... know what? If you have watched it, go watch it again. It holds up just as well as you think it would. Like, go into it. It's like Escape from New York or uh, Big Trouble in Little China. It's just an enjoyable movie that is exactly what it is. Okay. So let's talk uh, top carpenters now. I think this is the time. This is the now is the time. Now is the place for Doctor for Doctor Pepper. No. This is the when. Now is the place. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to cast his movies to the TV so you guys can look at them. So of these movies, all right, where does so they, the thing is number one? The thing is number one with a bullet. That's, I think Hall- yeah. I think Halloween is also clearly above they live. Uh, I, yes. I misspoke when I said top three. I do say top tier, like Kevin did. Halloween is up there. I guess I guess S tier is the thing, and probably Halloween. And then A tier is probably Big Trouble, They Live, Escape from New York. Big Trouble uh, is so, the fog. so good. You better say Assault on Precinct 13. And Assault on Precinct 13, that, which that, is dope. That movie rules. The Frog uh, is great. Look, um, at the, look at the still picture they chose. <laughs> that's a weird pick. No, no, that's a great, that is a great pick. Um, okay, the, but the you forgot double S tier, Kevin. The best... John Carpenter movie. Uh, you mean the most John Carpenter movie, John which is Carpenter's John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars, Ghost of Mars <laughs> where they make sure to say John Carpenter as many times as they can. Ghost, Ghost of I don't Mars, think that's uh, actually the uh, the correct screen picture of Ghost of Mars, because it doesn't say John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars. Uh, it just has a picture of John Carpenter Ice on Cube, it. Ice Cube, Jason Statham, Pam Greer. That's all you need to know. Go see it. It's just as bad as you think. It's great to if, watch while you're kind of drunk with a bunch of friends. Yeah. Yes, if... That was the best watching of that movie I ever had. Was at that party, Nathan? Yeah, I mean that movie is funny. It's not good. Uh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen, not the new one, the old one, is dope. Yeah, it's good. And who can forget the surfing a wave in Escape from L.A.? Escape from L.A. Escape from L.A. Escape from L.A. is awful and fun. fun. It's fun. You should watch it. Everyone should be forced to watch it, but but it's definitely uh, the tier below. It's like Christine. Not good. It's not Christine. Also not good. I would give. Uh, Escape from LA, a very enjoyable like 1.5 or 2. Yeah, it is the venom of its time. Yeah, it's a bad uh, movie that you like and you don't care. Christine is okay. I would say it's better than, it's much better than, than Escape from LA. I think it's the my second favorite car wants to bang the main character movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Which is the other one? Cars 2? Uh, cars, <laughs> cars 3, Nathan. Right, cars 3 is actually not too bad. As, as a person who's been forced to watch the Cars movies a lot of times by their kids, uh, I like how you say that like your kid's old enough to know what those were if you didn't introduce it. <laughs> he requested... Clearly, Odin requested he, cars without ever having been shown it. He requested McQueen. That's what he says. McQueen. And I can't stop my, my mom from showing him things, okay? That's, <laughs> I'm not going to like micromanage her, uh, her behavior. But, uh, okay, Big Trouble with Little China. That's what we should... You know uh, what? I should have done that movie because I can remember this movie a lot better because I watched it like a year Let's just do that ago. later this week. This uh, but that that <laughs> movie is uh, funny. All right, here we go. Uh, big so Trouble in Little China. The big thing is this movie is, remember, Kurt Russell only thinks he's the main character. Yeah. it's suppo- he's, You're supposed to think he's stupid. Like, he's supposed to be dumb. Jack Burton's an idiot. Yeah. That's he, the point People the miss movie. that, and then they don't understand how the movie works. Um, all right. And that's it for uh, Kevin Garber, for Eric Ronenbeck. We will see you guys next week. Go Hawks. Bubblegum. Well, I ain't got nothing but a little song, a little tune.
Yeah. 